let's introduce the folks to this brand new podcast that uh, yeah. we're excited about, which okay. we have officially named Yin and Yang Healing, Exploring yeah. Beyond the Physical. Yay. I love going beyond the physical. That's where everything is, isn't it? Yeah. And I feel like it's like a huge piece that a lot of people don't address and they're so focused on just the physical and like obviously there is a place for that but when you go beyond the physical the like level of healing is insane and I know it's so much more and like Like yeah I'm excited for us to share our stories about that me too because I always say I'm like people need to know about this like people don't know about it and I feel like that's a disservice like to them that's why like when I work at the health food store I always tell people I'm like just so you know like even if they're totally like not into this at all and I can like tell it I'll still like put the seed in there I'm like just so you know this could be like emotional and this is how it could be emotional and like yeah. some people are like, yeah but like totally not ready and then some people are just like full on in denial they're like no I'm pretty sure I just have digestive issues and I'm like okay yeah there's always those two kinds of people like one that's just like okay and the other one that's like hmm <laughs> you're like yeah did you ever think about that kind of thing I guess technically there's like three type of people then there's like the third person who's like oh my god it totally is <laughs> yeah it totally, yeah <laughs> but I actually I, a lot of those people which is actually surprising like I actually get a lot of the people in denial like it's very rare when I mention it to people yeah, so I guess, like, when you're looking into, like, alternative health, that you tend to be a little more open-minded, right? hmm Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I do like working with people who are kind of, kind of, like, skeptical because <laughs> I feel okay. like those are the people who end up having, like, some of the biggest releases, and you're just like, okay, bro, like, you know, you had something. <laughs> I know. Yeah, when people have to tell me they're nervous or they're, like, skeptical, I'm like, that's okay. I, I love that. Like, I actually love that you're in that space because it makes it easier for me. Oh, you know what the worst is, though, is when people come and they're like, they're like, yeah, like, I'm already, like, all good. Like, I don't even know why I'm here. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> like, I'm not a psychic, so I'm not sure, like, what you thought. So <laughs> if you want to, like, work through something, like, you gotta let me know what it is, like, yeah, you just came like, here for no I'm reason. Like I'm like, okay, okay. Well, like, how did you, like, I don't actually know your full story. Like, how did you get into healing and like this kind of healing? Um, hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like longest story, but I'll try and like make it quick. Um, so I, I don't know. Oh, I feel, I feel like you gotta, like, start it back from, like, the beginning, because, like, there's, like, tell us the story. There's really, like, a beginning on it, and, um, like, when I was a kid, I was always teased for, like, being fat, and, like, I just didn't always have, like, a lot of friends, and, like, I just always felt, like, so insecure and an outsider, and, um, just even, like, within my own family, like, I just always felt, like, the black sheep, kind of, like, I was always, like, just, just didn't feel, like, accepted. And then, like, as I got older, I really didn't like that. And I, like, the girls would make fun of me, like, in gym class and stuff like that. And so I hated that. So, like, when I got out of high school, I started working out a lot. And so that's kind of, like, how my journey in, like, health started because I was, like, and then it's interesting how that kind of plays in later into, like, the sit stuff. 
but so I was like working out like a lot, just really into like health and wellness and like taking care of your body and like being really healthy. And like part of it was like, there was a part of that wanted to like prove those people wrong. But like, I was not, I'm not that fat girl, not who you say I am. Like I'm my own, like I'm going to be who I'm going to be, not who you say I am. And so it kind of like all started there. And then, yeah, I just worked a bunch of different jobs, just getting to like know myself and go to school right away. Um, which was again, like a thing in my family that was kind of like, oh, if you don't go to school now, like you'll never go to school. And I was like, that's not true. Like, that's mm-hmm. actually not true. Um, and then I did end up going back to school because I'd done these jobs. I hated it. I was like a safety officer in construction. I hated that job. I could only do it for a year. I hated it so much. And then I, um, I, for that same company, I was like a receptionist. I hated that too. I just, I hated it. I felt like I was stuck in a prison and were like watching me all the time and judging me and commenting on everything I was doing. I was like, Hey, this is like a no. So then I went back to school and I remember getting, I remember getting a job um, at a restaurant, like as a prep cook. And I did that job for, and I'm like going back to school. So like, I don't have a job anymore. I'm like going back to school. Like something totally new. I'm like freaking out. So I go to have this job. I hated it. I was like, I don't want to be a prep cook. Like, this is so horrible. I don't, I just, no, no. I gave my notice <laughs> like right now. I was like, this is my first and last day. Like, thanks, but no thanks. And then <laughs> I had like my favorite health food store that I always went to. Um, Cause at this time, like I'm still like working out and like whatever. And so I go to my health food store and the guy that was working, I was just kind of telling him my woes. He's like, how's your day going? Like, how are things? And I was like, not that great. I was like, I'm going back to school and like, I don't have a job. And I thought I had a job and like, now I don't, I hated it. And like, I don't know what to do. And, um, I think he knew me. Cause I had like, I had been shopping at that one. I was pretty loyal to that one store, but turns out he was the owner. And then he was like, well, like I'm hiring, like, do you want a job? And I was like, uh, yeah, I didn't want a job. Synchronicity. I know. So then, it, yeah. So I got this job, this health food store. And then throughout my schooling, which I never actually graduated from McEwen, but through my schooling, I actually just stayed in that health industry the whole time. So I worked for him for a while and then I worked at other health food stores. And then I ended up leaving like um, school. Like I took a break at that time because I got a really great position as like a manager. I'm at a health food store. So I just took a break from that and it was so great and I loved it and everything. And then kind of right around that time when I like took that break from school, I was just like going through a lot and just trying to like unravel like my trauma, trying to like make sense of it. Um, because there was a particular trauma that I just always remember saying to myself in my head, like, you're never going to share it to anyone. You're just going to like push it down. Like it wasn't that bad. Other people have way worse trauma. Like you can't, you can't ever share that because that would just be bad if you shared it. Like, who are you to share something that happened to you that really isn't like on the scale of like traumatic but wasn't that bad so like always kind of pushed down and then yeah just like all the friends that I had like met and the people I'd met at that time it was just kind of like wild and then I had a friend who um she like by the grace of God honestly she had like met this practitioner from the building that she worked in who did EPT emotional polarity technique which is pretty similar to sit just like a different structure. And then my friend was like, this is so amazing and profound. She's like, you like need to go to this session. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And she's like, yeah, she does like muscle testing. And I was like, 
okay. Like, sure. <laughs> so, I had like so much judgment on it, which is so funny now. Um, and I had worked in the health food store for a long time. I always seen people like people would like hold products up to themselves and like go for a back, like muscle test. Like, so it wasn't like totally foreign to me. I just didn't like know how it worked and I judged mm-hmm. it. But then she, and it was like 110 bucks at that time. And I was like, oh, I don't know, like if I can afford that. And because I wasn't working at that time. And then she was like, it's so profound. I will pay for you to go. Like I will literally pay for you to go to this healing because like you need it. Because I was feeling like really stuck. I was doing all this personal development and everything. um, And just like really expanding, but I was stuck and I could feel it, but I couldn't pinpoint what it was. And I was like, well, okay, like if it's so profound that you'll pay for it, like as my friend, I'll go. So yeah. I went and then it just like completely changed my whole life. Just like one session, I was like, holy shit. And like in it, I found out I was holding emotions for someone else. And that just changed my whole, it just, everything clicked for me because I was like, wow, like that's not my problem. And it never, all the ways I felt stuck, it didn't make sense. Like it didn't feel like it was me. So then it finally all like made sense. After one session, the next session I booked, I asked her straight away. I was like, how do I learn how to do what you do? Because this just resonates so strong with me. And like, I need, I need to do this. Like I need to do this to like help people. Um, and that was the time where I was kind of like teetering of like, whether or not I was going to like go back to school. I was upgrading my chemistry 30 from like high school to get into certain programs so I could be a naturopath. And then- oh, nice. Yeah, but it all just kind of like fell away because then by the time I would have to like do all of that because I didn't know what I was doing when I first went to school, um, which I actually went to school initially to become a psychologist. So it's funny that wow. now I'm like back here and now I'm doing like sit, which is like to me like better than any counseling I've ever had um, for like those really like issues. For sure. Like, I definitely agree with that. Like, I personally have gone to a bunch of different um, counselors and even a couple therapists and uh, like now experiencing it. I'm just like, these people have a like they have a what is it like a degree or a master's that you need for it? And I'm just like, you're like you're judging me so hard. But versus when you go to a subconscious imprinting technique practitioner, it's like no judgment you can like fully just like express yourself without fear of being like you need to do this and you need to do that and fucking all these shootings on you yeah and I will never go to a traditional therapist again now because of that so I have two thoughts on that one I think that a lot of um people like maybe not everyone but a lot of people who do get the sit practitioner because they're trying to like heal themselves like they want to help other people heal but they have their own stuff that they're trying to like work through. And so they get it. It's like the judgment, I feel like can't be there because like they're in it. You know what I mean? Like they're right. in it in healing. Mm-hmm. And then two, so like um, I had a coworker who had like a pretty tragic event like happen. Um, like there's a fire involved and she was telling me that she's been like going to counseling because she just really needs someone to talk to. And she's not getting like that support in the personal life. And, Mm -hmm. and so the counseling has been like really, really helpful for her. And so it's not to like discount like conventional counseling, because I definitely think it has its place, especially if you just need, if you need that, you need to just talk. You need to just like 
vent out all your stuff and have someone just like hold space for you and hear you. I think that really has a space. But then when you're, if you're feeling like really stuck or you've got chronic pain or you've got like anxiety and you don't know where it's like coming from and you're like really, really stuck and nothing seems to help. I find that that's where like sit is like amazing because it really gets to the root of like the, the issue, Mm -hmm. like the deeper like issue. Right. Yeah. That does make sense. Like when I, if I think about like, let's say for example, and we're going to talk about your specialty, which is relationships. But like, if I think about like my relationship, for example, like I don't have a lot of friends nearby that I can just like go and talk about my shit that's going on. And so, yeah, I could see how like a counselor would be good for that kind of thing. And I Mm. guess like, I definitely do have judgments though about it because I have gone to so many that are just so ill-informed on like how they should proceed with that. So I guess like with that in mind is just like, when like, just be intentional of like why you're going to that and like what you want from them. Because I think now if I were to seek out someone again, I would specifically say to them, like, I just need to talk to you like I just need someone to listen basically because before I was going like with more of like the intention of like I need you to like help me fix this right which was not helpful because they weren't like it's like you said they they probably didn't go through therapy themselves to become certified whereas like sit practitioners like have to go through literally so many sessions of sit to like become certified that it's like right you can't be as judgmental because you know what it feels like going through that process but um like beyond sit like we could we could spend a whole like three hours probably talking about sit where <laughs> probably, I was like yeah. you know people could just go to like empowered Heal- healers podcast and like listen to more about that but I want to talk more about like what inspired you to to um get into like the relationship niche Okay. Yeah. Um, wait, do you want to put that on a hold for a second? Do you, I'm curious first on how you, um, like how you got into this, into your, into into of healing and sleep and and everything. Well, my story is pretty like similar in some senses that I can relate to you with like always feeling like the black sheep. It's like, even now as like a grown person, I still feel like a black sheep in my family. Like my family does not get me. They don't get me because I'm just like out there, like doing like, like not doing what society says, what the shoulds that you should do. Right. I'm like doing what I feel like I want to do. And, and like just one very specific example is like, it's like, I, I, I love following like more of like an entrepreneurial type path and like mm-hmm. my especially my mother sorry mom if you're listening but like like <laughs> just has always been the kind of person that's like get a job like a stable job and like mm-hmm. make sure that everything is stable and I'm like I don't fucking like doing that it's like you yeah. like I don't like working for other people it doesn't feel good and for some Either. people that is that's what they want they want to follow someone yeah. else but I don't want to follow someone else I want to lead the Um, way kind of thing so I remember telling my mom one time I was like mom I was like you know what I hate working nine to five and I'm never ever gonna work a nine to five ever again and she was like good luck she's like good luck with that because that's not like 
as possible as you think. Or I don't know if that's exactly what she said, but she basically was like, good luck with that because that's uncommon. And I was like, no, you watch me. I refuse to work a nine to five. And honestly, it's wild how like your words transpire because since I've been like saying that, I actually only worked a nine to five for like for a very like brief time. In, like, yeah, last, like I can't in, like, say the that last I five have... years. I'm like, yeah, no. I can't say that I have like done more entrepreneurial stuff than working for other people's stuff at this point in my life. I have worked for longer working for other people, but it's just like it's it's you're and I feel like this is stuff that we're all we're gonna get deeper into. It's like when you're grown up, you're you're brought up in that mentality it is so fucking hard to take that alternative path. And it might take you like for me, it took me like almost 30 years to start following that path. Like I think probably around like age 26, 28, I started going down that path and it was hard because literally nobody under understood what the fuck I was talking about, Right, (laughs) which in itself is like really hard because then you feel like you're on, on the path by yourself. But as like the internet and like online marketing kind of became more prevalent, I had a bit more of a, of a network. So anyway, I'm, I'm, uh, (laughs) I'm kind of getting sidetracked, but basically like from being in this like position of feeling like I don't quite fit in, Mm -hmm. um, the one person in my life that I always felt like I could relate to that I fit in with was my cousin V, um, who actually is the one who created the technique that we use subconscious imprinting. Um, and I just kind of saw her like doing these, these things with like healing, like I I basically was like, I will be your guinea pig for acupuncture, like when she was like going through school. And I'm yeah. I'm like, stick it in the weirdest places. I don't care. <laughs> just love because, it. like I want just because I felt like so comfortable, like, you know, being like in that energy with her. Um yeah. and so I I feel blessed that I knew her growing up so that I could I could be introduced to you know, these different kinds of alternative healings and, and my spiritual path is like, the story is like so much longer than this, but basically I just like hit a point in my life where I was working that, that job I was like managing and I fucking hated it. It was so stressful. I literally Mm -hmm. could not sleep. Like I, I, I would sleep for like 12 hours, but wake up so exhausted still. And again, this like goes into like the niche that I now work with, but um, this like affected my life in so many different ways. So I was like depressed and I was exhausted constantly. I was like so overweight and my relationship was shit. And so basically I felt like my whole life was like meaningless and mm-hmm. honestly was like contemplating ending my life, which is kind of hard to admit. but. But that just like goes to show you the level of um of of healing that like working on your emotional stuff can can fix because at that point is like when I reached out to V and I was like, dude, like I am in a bad place. And immediately she was just like, Kate, we're getting on a call. And she gave me my first sit session ever. Um and I fucking balled my face off and it, like like you it it completely changed my entire life. 
I, so I was like working at this corporate job. I was in a management position. So I was like making good money. It was stable, all that stuff that you're like supposed to want in life. Uh Um, quit my job and I was there for like 15 years too. So I was like, had like benefits and like retirement plans and all this shit. And like, obviously my parents were just like, what the fuck are you doing? So, (laughs) um, did that like moved from, or, or, told my my wife at the time that I was that I was leaving so basically like divorced um and then moved from the city which I was in for like eight years same apartment eight years left and like moved to the side of the mountain fucking basically quit my entire life and like started a new life and like that's kind of when I was like I I saw that they were like teaching sit and I'm like okay I'm in. Let's do it. And it was crazy because they're like, dude, like we are teaching in Edmonton, which from where I was, was like a 12 hour drive. And I'm like, and you got to go every week. (laughs) So I'm like, I'll do it. I'll just drive. I'll drive 12 hours, 12 hours there, learn the shit, drive 12 hours back. And I did that. And they were just like, okay, like you're going to commit to that. But I just, it was just like, I knew in my heart that I needed it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, like it, it, it put me on this whole new trajectory. And, and I realized that like, this is ultimately what I want to do in life. Like I felt so pulled in this other direction because people always tell you like, oh, like just do what you're good at and whatever, like do what you love I mean, like, there a piece of that I feel like is kind of true, but like, for example, like, I'm really good at like tech stuff and computers, that kind of thing, and yeah. so that is like the corporate job I was working and like, you know, the, what I went to school for and all that kind of shit. But like, there was a piece of me that always just felt kind of like, mm, like I felt a little bit crushed by it. It wasn't, it wasn't like fully lighting me up. Like, yeah, I like nerding out about it, like as a hobby not as like my like purpose in life kind of thing. And so, um, yeah. And so I just decided like, I want to help people. I want to help other people heal from like something that I went through. It's like, like if I'm like on the verge of like basically wanting to end my life, like so exhausted, shitty relationships, shitty job, like, you know, just basically hating your whole fucking life. If I can help them like, pull that piece of their soul and their spirit out and just like light them up, then that's what I want to do. It just feels so much better than the alternative. And so, yeah, so that's basically how I got into all this. And I decided to like specialize in sleep because, you know, that, that struggle, I feel like was so long and hard for me and affected me in so many different ways negatively and then positively once I was able to resolve it so yeah I'm just here to like help people sleep so they can awaken their souls cool I love that (laughs) that's so awesome thanks for sharing your story yeah I love that um so yeah like now that you like know about my reason why I got into my niche I kind of already know a little bit about like why you got into your niche, but tell the people. Oh, my niche, you know, um, it's, you know, earlier you were saying like, um, oh, my family 
is kind of like, what are you doing? And like, doesn't really like understand. I feel like that's where my family's at right now with me going towards this relationship stuff. Like they've always been like super supportive. And like, even with the sit stuff, they just are totally like on board. Um, but then I, you know, kind of mentioned, I was like, yeah, I'm going to make the shift like more into relationship stuff. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, no, trust me. Like, this is where like, I got to go because like you said, like there's something about helping people heal what you've been through yourself. And like, there's a lot of topics to focus on, like, you know, a lot of popular topics, right? Like I could talk a lot about just stress or like I tell a lot about like anxiety or a lot about like sciatic pain. Like, and I had, I had sciatic pain, like, but there, like, there's a lot that I, that I could like specialize in, but it's like, I'm not like, why would I specialize in, in anxiety if I haven't had anxiety in like a decade? You know what I mean? Like, why, yeah. why, why would I specialize in that? It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to relate to that and like be passionate about it because I'm not, I'm not close to it. I'm not in it. It's hard for me to, uh, say like, <clears throat> this is what you'd be like going through when you're in anxiety. And it's just, so, uh, the reason I picked like the relationship is because when I look back on my life, that's pretty much been like the whole theme of my life is relationships with men and my whole to me from my point of view the way that I see it and all the things that have like come like come up like generationally and like with myself and my family I feel like the theme really is like healing relationships with men like the women healing the relationships with men um so basically I'm doing this, like, not just for myself, but kind of like to break this like family cycle, this family curse of like shitty relationships with men um, and how to like take ownership of your own, your own um, piece in it. Because it's so easy to be like, that guy is shitty or he did this and he did that and he didn't show up. And well, it's so easy to put the blame, 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 blame. And then women wonder why like the men don't show up. And it's like, because mm-hmm. you're blaming him all the time, like for everything. And it's just like a pattern that keeps on going. It's like, you have like great grandparents and they're like dynamic. And then that dynamic gets like passed down to like grandma and like how she chooses like her men and why she chooses like certain men. And then there's like trauma there from like cheating and, you know, divorce and all that stuff. And then that gets like passed, you know, passed down and passed down. And I was like, want to pass that down anywhere. Mm-hmm. I just want to like break that cycle. And I know lots of people, women are like struggling in their relationship. They're struggling. They're struggling hard, especially if you grew up in a, in a place where you had a very masculine um, mother figure. Right. I love and that you brought, the- I love that you brought in like the generational piece too, because like yeah. you're saying, like, we could specialize in like whatever kind of like niche we want and I'm sure both for both of us it will like evolve over time as we oh, evolve yeah. too yeah, of course. but like especially like for me I do feel pulled to to get in into generational healing more deeply in the future and so like that's why I also incorporate a lot of generational healing into like my current practice as well because it's like I feel like people don't realize how much that actually affects like your current reality it's like you're Mm. literally when you are just a fucking egg in your mother's 
Overeats, you are already taking on her shit. Like that is wild. It's so, yeah, it's so wild. Honestly, like just in my like private practice, like the majority, I would say like beyond 50%. So like the majority of my clients, if I were to look back at session notes are holding emotions for somebody else. Yeah, that's so and then wild. it and it's like that cycle that like keeps on like that like keeps on coming down and the relief that people have when they know that that's not their like issue, it's just like instantaneous like relief. It's like oh my god, hey, like that's actually not my shit. I can like let that go. Well, what a relief to know that that's not me. What a relief. So I guess that's what sets you apart from like other relationship gurus for lack of better words yeah is like using more of like a generational approach a generational approach and a radical ownership approach I would say because like what about like the like because I know you talk a lot about like feminine masculine energy as well yeah and I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that in relationships they try to talk more about dynamic but there's like this yeah like, or deeper even underlying like, talking about like um like attachment styles and like and all that kind of stuff and it's interesting because like hey even in my even okay when even when people come into the health food store okay and they come in they've got all these like symptoms i'm like whoa 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 and they want to like treat their symptoms. I'm like, let's just take it a step back. And it's like, where do those symptoms come from? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, where do, where do the triggers in the relationship come from? Where do you get triggered as um, like into your masculine energy or vice versa? Like where, where, where is the trigger? Where do you get triggered into an attachment style? Right. So it's like about finding like the trigger, the root of that all. And then like, and then going forward. And to me, the masculine feminine energy, that's a root. If you can resolve that and heal the feminine masculine energy in the relationship and create safety, that's to me, one of the biggest roots of the relationship because you can't, you relationships in life has a polarity. It has a duality. So it's like, if you have a masculine partner coming into the relationship, And then the other partner is like also being masculine because their fear of like not feeling like safe and having their needs met and all these kinds of things. You have two people in the relationship that are like butting heads like this now. And it just can't, it can't flow. It can't, it can't be because you can't have two masculine energies fighting, fighting for that. It's just, it's never going to work. I like the way that you actually worded that because I, just being in like the LGBT community, I feel like a lot of people just talk like masculine has to be specifically a male man or whatever. But I feel like all of us have both feminine and masculine energies within ourselves. So it's like, mm-hmm. do you do you exude a little bit more feminine energy or do you exude a little more masculine energy? And how can you like make that polarity with your partner when you're yeah, being masculine? Exactly. Yeah, being feminine. I find typically too, it doesn't matter what relationship you're in. There's usually one partner that is naturally more feminine or desires like naturally subconsciously to be more feminine. There's a partner 
that naturally or subconsciously subconsciously desires to be more masculine, like energetically. And so it doesn't matter what relationship you get into, there is that. But what creates the imbalance is when the person with that natural masculine energy, that energy gets emasculated and like taken away from the person who's supposed to be like the feminine energy. And then that feminine energy is like taken away because they're trying to be masculine because they're trying to like feel safe. So, but then it creates a dynamic that doesn't work well. Like it just, it just doesn't work. I would love to get into this much deeper, like on another episode, because I feel like we could literally just talk for an entire episode just about that. Yeah. I I feel like we could talk about it all day long. It's, it's, it's it's interesting. It's like really simple, but it's like also really complex. (laughs) Yeah. It's like pretty deep. I feel like for most people, but yeah, definitely. Um, so like, I'm actually like, that's like not, that's, that's just like bringing up a topic really. Yeah, it's yeah, it's whole whole topic of its own, but I'm going to put our uh I'm going to put a link to our email list in the description of this uh just so like the people can go and subscribe so that they know like when we actually go and talk about that topic because I do feel like that is really interesting and yeah. I know there's a lot of people out there that would be interested in that. So um awesome. yeah, so anyway. Okay. Um So yeah. Are you going to tell me a bit about, um, a bit about your, your sleep? Um, yeah, I mean, like, (laughs) this is funny because I, I've already, I, I went through a beta round, um, a couple years ago, helping people with sleep. And funny enough, I, I dropped off of this topic entirely because, (laughs) complete judgments of my own and projections of my own but one person asked me like is your mission to put people to sleep and I got so fucked up about it that I was like no my mission is not to put people to sleep like spiritually and um it's kind of sad because I feel like you know that's two years missed of like helping people actually awaken their cells but now Mm. that I've had time to reflect on it and actually just get more experience of my own with like healing this um I realized that like by helping people sleep and heal with sleep I'm helping them awaken their soul their their being because like I I was like looking back at like the testimonials from that round and like that's literally what people were saying like this changed my life like and and I'm like okay like this there's there's something here and so yeah, basically, I would say what really sets me a part of like how I help people is like there's a lot of people out there that that help with sleep in different ways. It's like okay, like get a good mattress and a bed and and sleep hygiene and like this kind of stuff. And like yeah, like I touch on that. Obviously, there's there's a component to it. There's right. Like I do, I I, I don't want to totally discount the physical components of it because there's absolutely a um a big piece to that, but there's also a massive emotional, spiritual, mental component to it. Um, and that's really like what my focus is, is like helping people. Probably like 90% of it is emotional, spiritual. 
I mean, just think about like people who like lay there all night trying to fall asleep. It's like that in itself. It's like, what's going on? Is it like that you're physically uncomfortable? I would say more often than not, people are like, I can't turn off my brain. And it's like, that is something that you're holding that you probably don't really realize. And people just chalk it up to being like stress or anxiety, or I'm just trying to like, remember all the stuff that I have to do, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's like, it, it really is emotional, spiritual. And like you said earlier, you could be holding it for somebody else. And Mm -hmm. on top of that, like I said, I also, um, teach and give the tools of like healing beyond like this one thing and so I I teach them like the how to how to um, use the tools for like generational healing and then like whatever they might experience beyond working together so that's kind of like where where I'm like trying to set it apart um from other people and just like give people I think not a lot of people are coming at it from like the emotional spiritual component and like I've been working in natural retail like health food stores for a long time like almost nine years and I can tell you without a doubt that is probably one of the top things in all of that time that people come in for our sleep section fucking huge it's a huge section and people always come in and I always like lure them away from that stuff and I'm like because you're not dealing with the root of the problem yeah so like you know Let's look into the emotional. Let's take some adaptogens. Let's let's like reduce the stress component in your body. And then let's, I always tell them, I'm like, let's look at the emotional. Like, why is it that you can't sleep? Because mm-hmm. it actually be kind of harmful to take like a lot of GABA or take a lot of like sleep herbs all the time. And I, I know, cause I was there. I used to take so much GABA and so much sleep stuff that I like literally couldn't sleep after like a breakup. I had insomnia for like a year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And I see people yeah. too, like using things like melatonin, like, oh, it's natural. Oh, melatonin's the worst. Yeah. But you're, you're Don't really use like melatonin. <laughs> unless you're, tra- unless you're traveling, if you're traveling or you need to reset your sleep cycle, your, your, um, your circadian rhythm that is the only time to use melatonin. It's hormone therapy. Yeah. Like I said, like, like I said, like for, for your thing, like this is a whole topic, like, and I, and I hope that we can have like maybe a full episode. Yeah, literally about just have an because... episode on like melatonin. <laughs> like, like for real. Um, Cause it definitely has its place, but there's like so many other ways to mm-hmm. A, use it, B, to produce your own melatonin and yeah. C, other. It should be like a last resort. Yeah. And, uh, and other ways that you can help your body naturally. So anyway, yeah, like <laughs> that's, that's a whole topic on itself, but yeah. um, I, I guess, I guess I just kind of want to like segue into like, like we have, we, we have just said like how important the addressing the emotional, spiritual, energetic, mm-hmm. and, and like you said as well, somatic even. Yeah. Uh, components to healing and and I think a big part of a big part of the reason why people ignore this is because a it's so subtle first of all b like we're not really taught this like especially our generation I feel like how many of us like grew up with like our parents teaching us like what are you feeling inside it was more like shut the fuck up go to your room (laughs) (laughs) and so it's like we're just learning as adults really to like happen to this there are studies that have proven 
that your body, your heart knows that something is coming before your brain even knows. Um, and so like, that just goes to show you that like the, the whole muscle testing thing, like, I know just like you were saying, like people do that to me too. Like, how can you muscle test me when like you're virtual, you're like on the other side of the fucking world. It's because we are energetically intertwined and our bodies know, and that is, it is proven. They use it in kinesiology. They've have scientific studies that your body knows. And it's like, so, so I was actually just watching this one, um, this one guy who was talking about that, the study of the heart versus the brain. And basically what he said is like, we concluded that the heart is, is connected to something and an intuition beyond what we can see, (laughs) feel that kind of thing. So yeah, absolutely. There's a huge, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. People tap into yeah, I feel like, oh man, on that stuff, there's a whole ton of, that's like a whole episode too. Um, yeah. Just like so many, oh, my brain just like exploded with like a gajillion like ideas <laughs> on that. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk yeah. about it. I um, hope that, that people will like, you know, use that link that I mentioned earlier to subscribe so that they can know when we we, we start talking about the stuff. Cause yeah, it really is deep and there's a lot to go into. It's yeah. And it's like, it's deep, but like, I also want to let people know too. It's not always like scary. I think a lot of people think like, oh, coming to this kind of work always without a doubt means trauma. And people are like, nope, I already went there or I don't want to go there or that's all like trauma. And like, there's trauma for sure. Like we all know that. And there's varying levels of trauma for sure. Yeah. Um, But just based on like my clientele, there's a lot of people who don't necessarily have trauma. Sometimes it's just like small little events and then the unresolved emotions came in or they were holding emotions for somebody else and it's just a simple matter of releasing those emotions out of the body well and trauma is like perceived like the level of trauma is completely perceived so it's like where where one person has like maybe gone through some like physical or sexual abuse it's like another person could literally have been told by their parents that like they're not good enough and that could trigger you know something very is very similar in in the behavioral patterns and the way that their body is reacting yeah so it's like you know it's like people who who are brought up in like where where they think they're like I didn't have a traumatic childhood or whatever they can have just as much issues as someone who's like I was abused and whatever growing up so it's yeah I know I like always tell people I'm like you don't, don't like don't always think like that kind of like major trauma. Like sometimes it's just like, I, I usually call those like little micro traumas, mm-hmm. um, just like little micro traumas to the self, to the identity, um, to self-worth. And, but they make a huge difference, like huge difference. I had actually had a client and he was so great. And he, he was, inter- he was an interesting client because he knew a lot about his traumas. He had like done a lot of like work. He was all into the George Spenza, all the stuff, like He'd already like done a lot of the work, but his physical body was still very stuck in pain. And it's like, once we did like this kind of work, the subconscious and the muscle testing and getting into like the root of the issue, like deep, it turns out it wasn't like, he thought it was, we were going to like go back to all those trauma stuff like that. He already knew. And I told him, I was like, no, no, no. 
I was like, you know, that stuff we're going deeper. We're going to the subconscious below your awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're getting like the information. That's where the things are stuck. And it was wild because his body just kept recalibrating, recalibrating, recalibrating. And he's like completely free, free of like that pain from addressing like the, the small little like micro like traumas. Right. And I just want to mention too, like the subconscious, like I, I feel like this is the way that I used to think about it. It's like, oh, because they say, oh, you only use like 10% of your brain or whatever that number is. And, yeah. and so I used to think, okay, well, 80% of my brain is subconscious and 10% is conscious. But now I realize that your subconscious is basically your body. Your body is your subconscious. Your and and I and I would now personally yeah, that's why I usually call it like my, my ethereal. Body. Yeah, yeah, I would I would I would also include my like ethereal body in the subconscious as well. But mm-hmm. but that I guess it depends on the person. They could maybe say that that's their higher self. But to me, that's all the subconscious is like stuff that we can't like pull from our egoic brain <laughs> yeah but. I was people are like no 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 they always like tell me no and I'm like no there's a difference from like your like your thinking like analytical mind and your subconscious is very they're very different mm-hmm. they're very different and I always say like subconscious imprinting is like the bridge that bridges your analytical mind to your subconscious it's the it's the bridge it's like there's a canyon you're in your you're like done all the work in your like prefrontal cortex and like everything you can analyze and everything you've done all the work there, but there's still shit. It's like, sit. <laughs> That's the bridge over to the, like that other side. Yeah. And that guy is a perfect you example. You can't cross the Canyon without the bridge. And I feel like right. it really is like that. Yeah. And that guy that you mentioned is a perfect example. It's like, he knows all the things, like he knows the things that are stored. Basically he's saying right. he knows the things that are stored in his body, but he doesn't know yeah. how to release it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's that new. We're not actually like what that's not actually like what came up. Like there was all these other, just like even deeper. Yeah. But like little things, like they're little, they like, they're so little that you're not registering them consciously when they happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in actuality, they're very deep. They're very, like, they're these deep wounds. They appear little, so little that you don't consciously register it. Right. But they're actually so deep they affect so much and they are there. They're anchored. They're rooted there. It was about getting to like those little things too. And I find that's where people like really get that, that fuller sense of freedom. And even me, like that's how, when I started doing this work on myself and even now to this day, it's like, when you get to like the root of like what that is, it's just like, boop, you just like pop into freedom like so quickly. That's a really good point because it's like we said earlier, that just, that just, proves that the perceived level of trauma doesn't really matter yeah it's just like if it doesn't it just all that doesn't matter what matters is like if you're stuck physically emotionally mentally spiritually whatever if you're stuck you need this and trauma too it's like can I just for a second like redefine trauma because I feel like people think that like trauma means like oh I was weak and I like failed or something but trauma literally is just your body's way of living and protecting you and so you you create these trauma patterns or like stored energetics because your body was literally just trying to protect you and also a sign of strength too is like 
trauma is not necessarily like the event that happened to you. It's usually like what happened after. So it's like, that's why people can like work through their trauma of like the event or whatever that they, they consciously remember. But it's like, let's work through the deeper part of the trauma of why that actually became a trauma. Were you not able to talk about it? Did you not feel safe to talk about it? Was it, were you um, like violated emotionally after it? Like, were you told to like suppress it? Like what happened after that event? That's what solidifies it in your, um, in your subconscious, your somatic body as a trauma. Right. From not being able to like process the event. Yeah, that's a good point. So like, what is the, what, so now like shift into like, take that into like, what, what is like the common trend or like technique that people use, let's say like in your niche for relationships, um, like what's, what do people do like now that they're like trying to resolve that maybe you agree or disagree with? Um, hmm. That's an interesting question. I think the I think one of the biggest things that I see is like two things. Um like there's a lot of there's a lot of like hyper independence in like especially like in in women trying to like when they're getting into relationships like I'm independent I can do this and like I have my business and I like right they're like I like this like I have everything and like I don't know and men are intimidated and <laughs> like okay well are they intimidated or are you trying to get with a masculine energy but you're also masculine so they're repelled right. by the masculine energy that you put out there because And that doesn't mean that you can't be like a boss babe in your business, but then it's like, you have to reel that in when you come into the relationship because you're not going to be a boss babe in in the whole everywhere. And I used to to actually joke in my relationship, but we all know like jokes are not actually just jokes. Like they're serious. Um, (laughs) I joke in my relationship that I wore the pants and like, and I was super like in control of everything. And then I wonder why my partner doesn't want to be intimate with me. And I wonder why my partner like pushes me away. And it's like, yeah, because I'm repulsive my energy like not me like physically like he was he would always be like I love you and I'm so attracted to you and like I don't get it and I'm like well I don't get it either like what's the problem you know and then then we broke up and I'm like oh I get it it's like my energy was repulsive so repulsive it's like a magnet right it's like you got to create that polarity the two same magnetic energies will repel but the opposite pulls will attract so um, yeah, and then the other thing, um, yeah, it's really interesting. The polarity, it makes such a big actually, difference. Actually, quick question. Like, so, yeah. So if you've got like a boss babe, who's like exuding this masculine energy, like, and, and maybe this is like a little bit like out there for some people, but like, could you hypothetically possibly be a either attracted to, um, maybe a lady who's more feminine or B maybe a man who is naturally more feminine. Um, like, yeah, I mean, anything is possible. (laughs) I think, I think each individual, each individual is going to know it depends what you're looking for. Right. Because I find the issue actually is that, um, 
a lot of women who are trying to like get into relationships and with a man who want the man to be a provider. They want, they want that actually. So they're a boss babe and they're very much in control of everything, but they want to be provided for, which creates mm-hmm. like this incongruency where it cannot, it cannot be met. So I guess it depends what you want in a relationship, what your outcome is. If you want a man, I mean, I'll give my personal advice. It might not, or my personal opinion, it might not be popular, but I think that if you're a woman and you are going out there and you're doing all of that like stuff and you're doing like the boss babe and everything, and then you're also coming to your relationship and you're also in charge of like everything, I think that's really hard on the female nervous system. Mm. I think it can be very like taxing. So it's like, where's your, where's your safe haven where you don't have to be all of that because it's a, it takes up a lot of energy for the nervous system to like build up all of that, like masculine energy for like everything. It takes a lot. Interesting. So long story short is, um, girl boss movement is creating masculine energy in women and then not and they're wondering why their relationships to don't work out reel it in after they've done their fucking bossing business shit <laughs> yeah and then these terms like of like misogyny get like thrown around of like men who like hate women and like and like you know being with narcissists and like all these like terms and things like start getting like thrown around and it's like well how come nobody talks about misandry right like hatred against like men Cause it feels mm. like to me, like everyone's like hating on men, blaming men. It's the men's fault. All that stuff. It's like, is that actually true? Like, is that true? And like, is it actually true that men like hate the women or do we just have a polarity issue in culture? Mm-hmm. So that's like kind of my, um, my point, my point on that. Yeah. I think that's going to ruffle a few feathers out there. It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> It's uncomfortable because that means you have to take radical ownership of how you, how you show up in the relationship mm-hmm. and you have to take radical ownership of what you want in a relationship. Most people get into a relationship and don't even know what they want. So how can you hit your target if you don't know what you're aiming for? And then you're disappointed and angry at the other person at the end of the relationship when you, in fact, yourself didn't even know how committed you wanted to be. Didn't know if you wanted kids, didn't know if you wanted a marriage you didn't know you don't know what you want you just got into a relationship and like hope for the best okay so, well on that note um can you give us a couple of quick tips on how to get clear on that yeah um or how to like pro- how to like proceed forward like in that energy yeah just making like making a list it sounds so simple, but like making a list of like, what is it that you actually want? Because that will determine the kind of relationship that you get into, right? Like you were saying earlier, like what if it was a boss babe and they, they wanted to be with a feminine like woman or right. a man that was like a bit more like feminine, maybe like more artistic, like, you know, but it's like, if you don't know that, if you're not clear on that, how are you going to find it? So just so how do you get clear yourself, on that? Like, what if someone's just sitting there being like, well, I don't know. How am I going to know? I would say you maybe do a session on that because it sounds like a, sounds like a blockage. Like, why are Mm. you, why are you like sabotaging that? Why are you blocking that? Why are you stopping yourself from even creating a list of what you want? Because if you can't create a list of what you really, truly want, that tells me 
and just from my own experience that you're not ready for a relationship. So that might be something to look deeper into onto why you're actually not ready for a relationship. Because if you were ready, I feel like that would be very easy for you to say like, nope, this is my list. These are my non-negotiables. These are my boundaries. Because if you don't have that, if you get into a relationship with somebody, how are you going to know if they are your dream person? I love that answer, actually. And I feel like this is this is one of the things that I can offer to our people like that sign up to our email list in the in the description there is the um, the T chart. Do you remember that T chart? It's like where you're manifesting what you actually want by writing down all the things you don't want and then the things that you do want write yourself a letter. Anyway, it's like, there's a full explanation hey, to it. But, I love it. Yeah. But I can, uh, I can maybe like link that in like a resources page for everyone. I love um, it. Cause I think that could definitely help with that too. But like you said, you need to remove those blocks before you can even start to know what the heck you want. Yeah. Cause there's usually, there's probably something deeper in the subconscious of lack of self-worth. That's what I, that's what I like sense from that. And speaking of blocks, um, there is like this, this (laughs) kind of like trend that I've been noticing too in, in, I'm just going to switch over to like the sleep topic here for a second. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. With like, with like all these like apps, like these sleep tracker apps and like these like devices you can like put on your head and all this crap and I this is one trend that I feel like I'm so against because I'm like you are just adding so much more fucking shit and blockage to your your natural sleep and like that is that is a big component of like what I what I would like to talk more about in the future but that I teach in in my program with my clients too is that the subtle energies of like devices and technology, they affect us. And like people do not realize that like your phone, your Wi-Fi, your like fucking Bluetooth, this shit truly affects your brain and your energy when you are like trying to go to sleep. So like all these little devices that are like trying to measure your sleep and, and give you information about it are actually just making it worse. <laughs> yeah. So, but the one thing that I will say is that um there is a, there is a place for it. So, for example, there are like these devices that you can put on your head when you're doing like meditation, which I feel like is something that you can do either before or after your your sleep your actual sleeping and that will give you like a long-term effect of like actually being able to get into that mode. Mm-hmm. so yeah. not to like fully hate on that stuff but like there's a time and place for it that I feel like I'd really love to talk more about in the future so like, what are your tips for someone to like to do now like if if they are like using like or have a lot of like devices like what would you what would you say is like a first quick thing that they can do to number one thing is get off your damn phone at least 30 minutes prior to going to sleep and 
and remove it from your room. Do not keep your phone, your TV, whatever in your room. And especially I, oh, this blew my fucking mind when I, when I met this guy, he told me that the, the Wi-Fi router for his entire house was in his bedroom closet. And he like, he's like, I, I couldn't sleep. I'm like, get that shit out of there. I yeah. personally, for my family, I set our settings on our um, Wi-Fi to completely turn off in our main sleeping hours. Um, just fucking unplug your Wi-Fi at night. You don't need it. What the fuck do you need it for? You're sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I would say like, my, that's my number one advice is get your devices, especially your connected devices out of your room. Yeah. And there's also like a subconscious component to it as well. It's like, if you have your phone, let's say like next to your bed and like, and this is also a common argument that people will give me is like, well, I need to know like if there's an emergency or whatever. Well, that's not to say that like, you can't have it outside the room. Like, even if you just leave it in the hallway, leave the ringer on, there's like, we, we are blessed with technology in the sense that like, you can set up your phone in a way that like only important phone calls will come through. So like you put it in do not disturb mode for, for sleeping time. And then literally only the people who are like, let's say you have a daughter who's like pregnant and you want to be there when she goes to the hospital, you can Mm -hmm. put her number as like the emergency list. And she, her number will be the only one that will come through when you're in that mode. So it's like little things like that, that you can adjust that like, you don't have to worry so much that you're going to miss a call, but then you're taking that subconscious piece out of your sleep routine where it's like your subconscious mind will be anticipating some sort of notification or call or whatever it is when you have that device right next to you, because it knows that it's like your body knows that. So anyway, I just, sorry, I I could like literally talk about this for an hour. That's such a good thing. I've started like putting my phone on, like do not disturb, like even before I make it to like upstairs to my bedroom, like I'll put it, I'll try to like put it on at like nine o'clock at night. And I'm just like, Hey, like, no, no more looking, no more nothing, no more contacts, like nothing. Yeah. And, and, And once you start like doing this consistently, you will notice, like, let's say you do this for two weeks and then spend one night where you are on your phone until like right before you go to bed, I guarantee you will notice a massive difference because like, there's a few things, right? Like there's like the, the things you can't see, which is like the, the waves and the connected, whatever (laughs) Wi-Fi. And then there's, and then there's the blue light. It's like, even if you have a blue light filter on your screen it's still you're still getting and the, the content light. you're looking at is like stimulating your brain exactly you the bed and your brain's like mm-hmm. exactly yes makes you tired your eyes like get tired and you're like hey i'm ready for bed but your brain is like no just kidding like we're stimulated like where's, <laughs> yeah. the, party? where's the party at <laughs> like and it's like those things are made to stimulate your brain like they fucking pay science teams millions of dollars a year to make sure that you stay on that app longer so anyway, yeah. it can be as simple as like, I mean, 30 minutes is nothing. Like you can burn 30 minutes, like nothing. Read two pages in a book, talk to your partner, fucking sip a tea, like whatever. You know what, the other night, 
I literally just sat on my bed. I had a tea and I just like turned off all the stimulation. I had no music and I literally, I didn't, I wasn't meditating or anything. I just like sat there for literally like 30 minutes and I was just quiet. Yeah. I'm like, I, mean, I just need awesome. like the quiet because it's always a stimulation. Like my mom and I, we love music. We always have it on. And like, I always have music on in my car and then I work at a busy, really busy place. So I'm always like talking to people and like, it's just, it's a lot of like stimulation, like all the time. And I'm like, I don't need to like be stimulated right until the moment that I go to bed. Like even yeah. reading, it's like, I can allow my brain to just like be quiet. I think it's a bit of an an addiction in this day and age. Like people are a totally little bit addicted easy. to feeling stimulated. Otherwise they say, I'm bored. Well, you can like, and, and, Joe Dispenza does talk about this in one of his books. It's like, you can literally just, if you have a fireplace, uh, even an electric fireplace, or even like that, that uh, rock salt lamp you have behind you. Yeah. It's like, you can take a glowing type of like image like that and just stare at it for like 10, 20 minutes. And that will like put you in a meditative state without having to like, um, on a, <laughs> and that can yeah. relax you. On a side note, I was going to say, so people are like, you're saying they're bored. It's like, are you bored or are you avoiding something in your life? Because I can guarantee you, uh, you're saying you're bored. You probably have dishes you could do. You probably have laundry you could do. You probably have like some sort of thing that you could do to make your life feel like good and like peaceful and like, you know, probably like little tasks that could like get done but you're not doing mm-hmm. them because you want that like stimulus hit from your phone or from whatever so that you can keep like escaping your life. It's definitely a coping mechanism for a lot of people. You know, I, I am aware that I've used that often as well oh, when I'm triggered. And like, I know that we can talk a lot about this uh, on the relationship side, because I definitely go there when I'm like feeling uncomfortable in relational type things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can also be like, just like when there's an overstimulation in the environment, I'll just be like, Hey, I need to escape. But just like the awareness of like recognizing that you're doing that alone can help you like shift this. And like, yeah, yeah like you said, it's like, how much, how much more time are you going to free up in your life to do things that are going to make your life exponentially better? Even if it's 30 minutes and That's even like, like even, hours if I have a week. Do, even if I have to do a task, like this isn't like on sleep per se, but like, let's just say it's like the morning and it's like, okay, I have to do like three tasks. I will literally leave my phone upstairs or if I have to bring it downstairs, I'll put it on airplane mode for that time. And then I just get it done so fast. If I don't put that on, I do the task and then I look at my phone and then that task that was like an hour becomes like two and a half hours. And I'm like, okay, like not like not. And then you feel kind of like crappy and you feel like you're not getting things done and when I put it away I'm like oh okay like it was like it's just done now yeah and then like the the speed at which you can get things done you'll be fucking amazed now I have extra time that I can scroll if I really want to but (laughs) yeah then you could like choose to like scroll but it's like putting putting it away and I find like if you're doing that during the day too like where you're finding moments where you actually like put it away you don't do it you're not constantly stimulated by your phone. I feel like that would definitely like help, help, um, help you sleep like at night too. Just like less stimulation, like throughout the day. Yeah. There was like a point that I know that you wanted to talk about today, which was like, um, grounding and like, this kind of leads me to that. It's like, 
it, like when you're not on that, I feel like personally that that devices do make me feel a lot less grounded. But yeah, like when you have a moment to like disconnect and like whether it's like go outside or like meditate or like whatever it is that does ground you. And there's like uh, here's another tip, too, for like light sleepers like you can literally take a wire put it in the ground run it into your room and like put it on your bed and you will sleep like a fucking baby because that grounding is it removes like inflammation it removes like this extra energy i sleep with a grounding mat and a grounding mat yeah yeah i used to have like a grounding sheets but my ex got that in the divorce so man (laughs) yeah but it's like amazing what 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 effects can that like literally nature can have on your overall well-being yeah or just like my favorite thing too is like especially like in the winter sometimes it's hard to go outside like barefoot and like get grounded like connected to the earth that way I'll say go and like hug a tree I'll just like hug it I'll put my cheek on it and I hug it Mm -hmm. and I just like I talk to it and I just like feel so good after, and I don't care if anyone thinks I'm a wackadoodle. I really don't care. Yeah, I've done that a couple yeah, times so too, good. and people looked at me like I was really weird. But yeah, just trees invite are. them in next time they look you look you over, be like, "Hey, you want to come a tree hug a tree with me?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're so either gonna you're extra weird, or they're gonna be like, "Oh, good thing she invited me." Yeah, I'm literally now a tree tree hugger. <laughs> Um, you don't have to be a hippie to be a tree hugger that's right it's got to be human that's right (laughs) I love it hey well Mm -hmm. I just want to say thanks to anyone who actually watched and listened to us to the to the end here because we did cover a lot but um our time's kind of running out so I think we could definitely dive into some of this stuff a bit deeper in some of the coming episodes so Um, If you are still listening here at the end, use the link in the description here and you can sign up for our email list and we will let you know when we have a new episode. Um, And And also when we have some of our freebies and offers and stuff like that, like I got a lot of stuff that I just want to give to people Mm -hmm. and that's a great way to deliver it. So yeah, what you got for the peeps? Uh I don't have anything yet, um, but I'm working on some things just because this whole like relationship piece is, um, is new to my practice. I've been focusing a lot before on like physical illness with people. So I'm kind of like making a transition. So sweet. Yeah. Stay tuned for some, some cool stuff on that coming up. Awesome. Yeah. 